So are you feeling are you feeling relaxed over there, Josh Cleland? Yeah, I am. You feel like all's well with the world? <laughs> that is a deep question. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I've just, I've just come back from a spa day. Yeah, I, I was, I was looking at your tweets and your Instagrams. I mean, mm. I imagine you're kind of in this, uh, in this feeling. <laughs> I'm in a mellow mood. <laughs> <laughs> Like that. Uh, no, it was lovely. It was really nice. Um, it was a night away and a spa day. Um, it was Sue's main Christmas present to me, which was really nice to go and stay in this really nice hotel and then, you know, have today just being pampered. Yeah. So we went together, obviously. Yeah. No, it's really nice. I've had a thoroughly, thoroughly chillaxed kind of day today. Wow. That sounds nice. So I saw the, some of the pictures on Instagram. Was it just kind of, um, I mean, what is, what kind of stuff did you do there? They have a sauna in there. Yeah. But basically it's a, it's a little hotel resort spa place. Um, it's about 30 minutes away from where we live. Um, and it's right on the, the Conwy river. So, you know, you come out of the hotel and you look to your right and there's the sea, basically, just yeah. a little way down the estuary. And then you look to your left and then there's a medieval castle. I mean, huh. you know, wow. not, not not a Disney World style castle, like, <laughs> you know, actual castle. An actual castle. Yeah, well, where we live, they, back in, you know, back in medieval times, the English built a a whole uh, line of castles, you know, big stone defenses and they were designed to keep the welsh in <laughs> really yeah everybody thinks that they were d- built by the welsh to keep the english out but they're actually built by the english to keep the welsh in huh that says everything so it's it's a, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a lovely place really lovely place yeah they've got a sauna in there which is nice it's got an i never had one before like this it had an electric heater rather than coals you know yeah so <laughs> the, the sauna did? Yeah. So, so you couldn't, you didn't do the water thing? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it looked like it was coals, but underneath you could see there were these kind of, you know, electric coils. Yeah. Pouring water on it wasn't advised. But isn't that, <laughs> yeah. Isn't that part of the experience though? Like doing the pouring? I mean, isn't that part of the relaxing? Yeah, I think so. Huh. Um, and it made, it was really, really dry, probably too dry for me, actually. Yeah. So they had a steam room as well. That was better. Yeah. Um, quite enjoyed that. And then they have a pool. I mean, it wasn't like a big pool, but it was a nice little pool. And I did some swimming and I haven't done any proper swimming for years, years and years and years. So that was nice, actually. I really enjoyed it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look up, maybe t- tonight or tomorrow, I'm going to look up where the nearest big swimming pool is, and I'm going to start going swimming again. Yeah, I hear it's like one of the best things you can do. Everybody, you know, lots of my friends, um, you know, they're all going ape shit for cycling. You know, everybody's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've read a post by John Hicks about got another bike today. You know, every- everybody's gone mental for cycling. But, you know, I, I-, I just fall off things. <laughs> Yeah, there's no way. Like, I guess you can run into the wall when you're swimming, but other than that, you know, or drown. Yeah, I, I think that swimming is probably the least dangerous bit of exercise that I can do. Yeah, I mean, get... even cycling, I've heard of things, you know, 
that can go wrong. <laughs> no, or Hicks came off last year, I think it was, or the year before. Yeah. Um, I had a bit of a tumble. So, yeah, I mean, unless I kind of collide with, you know, a couple of breaststroking old women at the local <laughs> pool, I don't think there's much harm that can come to me. Yeah. My grandpa, actually, both my grandpa and grandma used to go swimming every day at the local pool for years. Um, I think it's one of the best things I've ever did or I've ever done. You know, like every morning they just go to the swimming pool. Well, I did. 20 lengths or something today. Yeah. And, you know, like I say, it wasn't the biggest pool, but I haven't swum for years. So I can quite easily think that, you know, I can go down there, you know, not, not this place, another place, you know, and go, go to the pool, spend an hour, you know, do 50 or 60 lengths, you know, at a minimum and just get fit that way. Yeah. Because I can really feel it now. I can feel, you know, my arms and my legs. I can tell I've done something. Well, your entire body's working out yeah whereas i know with a cycle with a cycling you know you're burning calories but it i don't think it's as much of an all-over workout as no it? no i mean you got your arms you got your legs i mean every it's just your core i think you're getting getting a workout yeah all i do is run <laughs> no, I don't run away from running. things <laughs> <laughs> yeah i famously fall off things that's just yeah. what i do <laughs> Anyway, we mustn't spend too long on the banter today because I've got another complaint. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it said that we spend too long talking about films and apes and <laughs> stuff. I think you don't spend enough time talking about films and apes. Well, maybe we should do a podcast all about movies. Maybe that would be something to do. Yeah, maybe. I I haven't listened to your Doctor Who podcast because I haven't gotten to that episode yet when i think with hicks john hicks mm. so if you haven't seen the 50th then you haven't seen the christmas special either no i haven't okay, okay. well i'm not going to say anything i'm not even i'm not going to say whether i liked it or not well I, I saw your tweet that you didn't like it oh okay no i didn't <laughs> like it anyway we mustn't talk about doctor who either okay maybe we'll do some specials maybe maybe what i need to do is we'll just do a special and it would just be like we won't make any movie pretense whatsoever <laughs> Any business pretense, we'll just go, oh, this, this one's about films. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, before, <laughs> actually, before we get, before we get into the business stuff, we, I've got some follow up, quick follow up, because I had some emails. I was talking to Laura a couple uh -huh. of shows ago about it would be really nice if you could get your Mac to change some settings. You know, maybe it would launch applications or, you know, move windows around or do something anyway. Uh, when you connect it to a different Wi Fi network. So <laughs> like location, yeah, yeah. Like location thing. So, you know, if you go to work in the morning and you log on, then, you know, maybe your Mac opens up illustrator and then maybe when you come home, get onto your home Wi-Fi network, you know, it launches Facebook in Safari or something like that. Sounds, sounds useful. Well, it sounds sensible, doesn't it? Except that I bet people look at bloody Facebook all day long. Anyway, Lyle Barris, he wrote in with some details of this app called keyboard maestro, and it can do something similar. Now, I I haven't tried it, but it looks like what you can do is you can define macros on your Mac, something like open Facebook in Safari, and then you can trigger it with different actions like changing a Wi-Fi network. So that sounds pretty cool. Because I've always thought it'd be useful to kind of like where you could just press a button and you got these different almost workspaces. Like if I want to be illustrating, then I would open up Illustrator, Photoshop. If I wanted to be 
coding, working on my website, it would open up my all those windows, like the FTP stuff and all that. I think that's what Spaces is supposed to do, isn't it? The- uh, not really. I mean, it's just more Spaces is more just like a window, <laughs> different mm-hmm. windows, really. I'm talking about like you just press a button and everything's set up for you the way you want. I'd love that. I don't think this is the thing. I, but I don't know. Like I say, I haven't tried it. Maybe somebody else is out there has, has used it. And but it sounds can, close. Let us know. Yeah. Well, it does like a bunch, ton of other stuff that, you know, I'm not going to You said into, triggers, but... like Wi-Fi triggers. Is there other, are there other triggers? Uh, plugging in a USB stick or plugging in a scanner, okay. for example, things huh. like that. So anyway, keyboardmaestro.com is where you'll find it. And maybe there's some stuff in there that people will like. I don't know. Anyway, other bit of follow-up. Last week I was talking to Dan Davis about his new job. Uh-huh. Cause he's moving, um, he's moving from doing front-end development into UX. And this year, this week was his first week doing that. And against all the odds, he didn't get fired, which is. Oh, that's nice. It's an achievement. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway, he's, he's a good fella. So he's been writing about his first week and the switch and all the stuff that he's been learning this week. So that's good. I'll just put a link in the show notes to Dan's website because uh, I'm going to be following his progress anyway. So what I should do, I suppose, before we get into the businessy stuff is, um, should we do a sponsor? Sure. So this week it's gather content. So gather content helps people who build websites work with their clients to plan, organize and collaborate on web content. Now I bet, Everyone who's ever made a website for a client or maybe for their company, you'll know that when I say that planning and gathering and organizing and collaborating on content, that's one of the trickiest parts of any project. Yeah, because people email you content in Word or Excel or, oh, God forbid, sometimes in PowerPoint. (laughs) I mean, you can't blame people for that because, you know, those are the applications that normal people use every day. But then... We've got to trawl through what's often multiple documents and then cut and paste what's useful out of them. I've got this this week with a client. You know, then we have to keep track of everything. People send the same file twice just in case. And, you know, we have to store that kind of stuff. My Dropboxes, they just end up overflowing with, with client content. And then there's finding a way to collaborate over changes as well. So I often edit clients copy for them. Because, you know, it's terrible most of the time. Um, <laughs> and also I'm just really picky about the kind of content that I put into the things that I design. So then I have to tell them what I've changed and get approval and you know, all that stuff. It just takes longer than designing the bloody website. So working with content could be a nightmare. And that's where gather content comes in. It's a web app that helps you keep all your content in one place. You can collaborate on client changes and then get approval when you need it through gather contents reminders and due dates. Gather content breaks down content to help you guide clients and copywriters through what needs to be written. And then when you're done, you can export all that approved content straight out into your CMS using one of their plugins or the API. So they've set up a special page just for listeners to the show. It's gathercontent.com slash unfinished. And even better, if you sign up through the site and use the discount code unfinished, you'll get, wait for this, 20% off your subscription to gather content forever. That's an amazing deal. That's a lifetime of your subscription. Um, that's a great deal. And, and that's, that's gather cool. content. It's very cool. Really nice of them to do that for listeners. Love that. So what I thought we'd talk about today 
was how we filter. That's not, I don't know whether that's the best word, but how we, how we filter prospective clients, you know, how we kind of navigate our way through exactly through all of these inquiries that we get, you know, because you can't possibly be, you know, can't possibly work with everybody that ever gets in touch. And, you know, sometimes people are, uh, you know, a good fit and not a good fit, you know, we're not going to work on everything. How do we filter people out? And particularly, you know, how do we filter out people who might not be the kind of clients that we want to work with, you know, for, for whatever reason? Right. Oh, you know, this question has come up a couple of times in, in emails that we've had for the show. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Do you have clients or do you have cust- customers? What do you call them? Oh, I saw you tweet about this the other day. Mm. Um, clients. I call them clients. Why do you call them clients? Well, I, I think of a customer as somebody who buys something like on Amazon or something like just one off or I guess you got repeat customers. But like if I were to start selling and I'm thinking about, you know, selling stock images or things like that or prints or things like that. I mean, those are customers, right? They just, they're buying one thing. You deliver it. Client is somebody you work with. It's a relationship. That's how I look at it. Yeah, no, it's interesting because, you know, when I used to be in sales, I used to refer to to everybody as customers. Right. I remember the sales manager, Kevin, that I worked for at the time, he would go bar me any time. Every time you mentioned a client, um, <laughs> you know, even even the big studios that we worked with, you know, that we'd worked with for a long time, you know, you talked about them as being clients and he'd go mad. And a lot of clients are customers. But, you know, I was just interested in this because, you know, thinking about writing content for the website, so, you know, how do you refer to people? I don't want to ever refer to people as users. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, and this was, this was for a client project, you know, it's like, God, what do you, how do you refer to somebody that uses your service, you know, your web app or whatever, even something like gather content, what do they have? You know, I hate the word users. Um, and I was thinking about, does that make people customers then? You know, to to gather content, do they have customers? Or clients. Or clients. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I've never really thought about it. I just, it's just kind of been natural. I just call them clients. I don't know why, but I think that's kind of the distinction that I've always had. Or once I started thinking about after reading your tweet. Well, I've got a few good answers. Um, Matthew Harris, he's the medium well. He said, you work with a client and you work for a customer, which I thought was quite a good distinction. I like I thought that. That's quite subtle. Yeah. Work for a customer. What does that look like though? Working for a customer. Well, I suppose you're just doing something that you're told to do or requested to do. And mm-hmm. it's a little bit like when you go and buy a tin of beans or, you know, any product. You're not really giving something of yourself in there. You're just exchanging money for a thing. And, you know. Yeah, and that that thing may be time that you put in, but it's not something where you're giving maybe your opinion or your advice or your consulting or something like that. So what about maybe like a mechanic? You see, yeah, see, in that case, a mechanic, I would say a mechanic has customers. Yeah, I would say that too. Like, what, what do you call them over there? Auto shops. Yeah, we call them mechanics or, you know, d- different types, auto body shops or things like that. 
but it, but they still give your advice. You know, they'll still look at your car and be like, oh, I think, you know, the the toad, the wet sprocket is loose and we need to fix it and do this and that. And, you know, obviously I know nothing about cars, so I kind of expect them to give me their expert advice. But they'd never, they'd never refer to you as a client, though, surely? I don't think so, no. Hmm. I guess I think of it, clients are kind of more maybe long-term, or you hope they're long-term. I think it comes down to the relationship side of it, though. But it's such a such an interesting distinction. Somebody here, Troy, Troy Swanson, <laughs> he replied, a client is always wrong and a customer's always right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I really like, I like that. that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that one. So I think that, I mean, I, don't, I can't remember how we kind of phrase it now, but I think I'm sticking with clients for the time being because I imagine that I'm a client of my accountant and I'm a client of my lawyer and I'm probably a client of my, well, no, see, I'm not. I'm a patient of my doctor, aren't I? That's a different thing. Right. Ah, ah. So maybe when you're doing something where you're, consulting in whatever way that makes the person a client as opposed to a customer where yes. in the same way that um a doctor has patients yeah i would think so possibly yeah maybe I that's it seems like client is much more of a grander word in that in the whole scheme of things you know it just seems like it's there's it's much more involvement with clients hmm I don't know. I don't, I, I, I still like, but I still I actually don't mind customers, to be honest. I don't mind referring <laughs> to people that work with me as customers because, yeah. you know, relationship or not, they're still spending money. Right. Maybe it's a circle within a circle or to what? Huh? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, you know, those diagrams are maybe like a, or two overlapping. There's obviously situations oh, the, where, a you, Venn diagram. Yeah, where you can call them both. Right. I don't know. I don't know. And Jonathan Kutrell, he sent me a link on Twitter here. He wrote an article. Do you have customers or clients? Are you a vendor or a consultant? Um, I'm not going to read anything out from the article, but it is, it's worth the read. I'll put a link in the show notes. But yeah, it just got me thinking this week about how, how we speak about the people that we work with. Right. You know, I guess either way, I'm happy, <laughs> but I've always called them clients. So let's yeah. talk about filtering for a minute. I think there's, there's two places where you can probably do some filtering. You can obviously do filtering when somebody contacts you for real, you know, when they send you an email or they pick up the phone, you know, you're going to like how somebody presents themselves or, you know, what they're asking. Right. Um, or, you know, you're going to like their tone of voice or their approach, something like that if they're, if they're on the phone. But we can also do some filtering and probably – uh, prevent a lot of, you know, poor interactions, um, just by what we put on our own websites. Yes. I mean, if, if that's where the majority of the business comes from, which, you know, it is for me anyway. Yeah, for me too. Um, filtering people before they actually make the effort to contact you, you know, maybe dissuading people from <laughs> contacting you. Yeah. You know, that might not be the right type. And I suppose, I, do you know what I'm, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I'm in two minds whether these apes are working, you know. I don't know whether it's just been the fact that it's been Christmas um, and therefore nobody's been buying websites. <laughs> I've seen a slight decrease in the amount of uh, in the amount of traffic that we get through. Really? 
Yeah, just a little bit. I mean, we get some nice comments, but the overall volume has gone down. And I did actually ask a customer the other day, client, <laughs> she's a customer, um, just about this. And she said, oh, I prefer the old one, which I thought, ah, oh, damn. Yeah, so I'm in two minds about this at the moment. You know, just, I'm going to keep it, obviously. Well, you know, do you, have you compared your statistics to last year at this time? No, and you know what? It's probably not a good idea to do it right now because of the Christmas period. Yeah. Because, you know, people are just about getting back to work. So I can't imagine in the week or two before Christmas and, you know, in, in, in the week after New Year that, you know, people are particularly motivated. And they are, we, we still do get inquiries through. It's not completely right. stony silence. Um, in fact, we've had some really interesting things come through the pipe. So. Well, I've had some inquiries because of it, I think so. <laughs> I was down in London before Christmas and were talking to a big agency. You know, they'd seen the site with the apes. But I think, I mean, I don't know. I think, yeah, maybe I'll wait until February and just see what happens, you know, and then maybe do some A-B testing maybe and, you know, just see what things are like week on week. Yeah. It's, I know that that's not going to appeal to everybody, you know, apes or madness or whatever, you know, it's not going to be appealing to every type of customer. Not everybody's going to get it or, right. you know, like it or anything like that. And, you know, I wanted, I wanted that to reflect my personality or, you know, our personality. If people don't like it, well, you know, nothing much I can do really. It actually, it is kind of a filtering mechanism, I guess, the way you describe it, because yeah, if they do get it and they're excited working with you, then there's kind of already that camaraderie that you guys have. Yeah, I could see that. So I think that by having a strong personality and presenting it, you are going to filter people who don't like it. You know, right. and and if they don't like how you present yourself, then they're probably not going to like working with you. That might be, you know, it might be a decent filter in its own right, really. Right. Yeah. I know, like on on the website, you know, some people. There's a debate of putting prices on the website and things like that. Oh, I'll talk about that in a minute, actually. But, you know, I don't know. I was talking to um Amy Duggan. She's one of the ladies that organized uh, that handheld conference down in Cardiff. Uh-huh. Really nice. And she was just saying on Twitter the other day that she was struggling to write copy for the website, her website. Um She said it's hard to balance sounding professional without being boring. And then being quirky without sounding wacky. And she said, you know, 95% of my customers are very corporate. So it's really hard. You know, she wants to be serious. Um, but she needs to differentiate herself. She says, yeah, I like to, I want to sound different without sounding loopy. Yeah. Which I thought was funny. You know, it kind of reminds me of episodes ago. I remember listening to you and I think it was Brad Frost mm-hmm. talk and he was, he was, he had some, some interesting things to say about like personality and things like that with working with clients or customers. Um, he had, he said that he found that the more himself he was, the more he let himself to be himself, the better he was rewarded for it. Do you remember that? I don't remember that specifically, but it's in, it's in, in one ear and out the other with me. <laughs> Just letting yourself be who you are you'll attract the people that you want to work with. Really, a really long time ago, 37 Signals on their blog, you know, this is probably when they were doing client work or something. Right. They had a similar approach where they would swear a lot (laughs) um, 
on the blog and, you know, the F word acted as a filter. And if people didn't like them swearing, then, you know, they weren't going to like them swearing when they were working. So there's a a filter right there. I suppose it is that personality, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, not everybody is going to be a good fit, I suppose. You know, so you might as well be yourself. You're not going to please everybody, so you might as well do it your own way. Yeah, and I think it yeah, dep- definitely depends on who you want to work with, you know. If you're going for the corporate, you know, you like working for that corporate environment, you know, you definitely have to be mindful of that. But Have you found that the work that you put in the portfolio, particularly on the homepage, does that act as a filter as well? <sighs> Let's see. What have you got there right now? Yeah, I just recently updated it. Yeah, you didn't put the apes on. I blogged about it. Um, I need to put them on the actual portfolio. The new site looks great, by the way. I really like the new header. Thank you. Yeah, I kind of, it actually, I guess in a way it is, I don't know if you call it a filter. I don't know if that's the right word because I don't like turning people away, you know. Um, But I wanted the new coat of paint to kind of reflect a very fun, childlike feel. And I do feel like I've been getting those inquiries lately. You know, just people that really, you know, they take their business seriously, but they want to have fun with it. Right. And, and so I feel like I'm getting those type of inquiries. I mean, I mean, you, you work with you is like that, you know, it's like, you yeah, take, sure. yeah. So yeah, I guess in a way it is kind of a filter. I mean, I don't, I never really thought about it that way. I guess I just, what? Sorry. Can I give you, ask you a, Designing question. Sure. Nobody's listening. Nobody's listening no, to no. Why have you got that little row of social media icons in the top gray bar? Because on the homepage, you've got it down in your footer as well. You know, you've got all your Pinterest yeah. and Instagram. Yeah, I got it in both places all throughout. All that kind of stuff. And I was just wondering, because it kind of, it just detracts a little bit from the header. Yeah. I mean, I'm always moving that stuff around. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, no, just a thought. Yeah. A lot of people are going clicking on those, I find. Really? Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, and that's where the interaction comes into, and that's where people follow me, obviously. And yeah, in the design sense, I totally hate having those type of things. If it works. But maybe, it, well, it seems like it's working. That's the thing. I mean, people are clicking on those. So, you know, I could, I could see what people are clicking on. Um, but I totally agree from a design sense or, or visual you know, design sense that it's just kind of ugly. And I might play around with removing it from the header and just keeping it in the footer. So do you find that when you have, you know, cuddly animals featured pretty prominently on the homepage, Uh that you get a lot of inquiries for cuddly animals? Because I remember, (laughs) I remember John Hicks used to have something, maybe he still does, I don't know, but he used to have something on his contact form or his about page or something about not ever wanting to do any burning animals ever again. Burning animals? Yeah, because he did the Firefox logo. John Hicks designed the Firefox logo, and then he did some other kind of, I don't know, something else, some other animal on fire. And then all he wanted to do, you know, oh, man, he's the guy to come to for burning animals. It's like, you know, you you need a a squirrel on fire. Let's get John Hicks to do it. Yeah. You know, because that's obviously, you know, what he had in his portfolio. So do you, you know, if, if it's weighted towards a certain style or content do you tend to get more of that stuff yeah you know i don't well i don't think i've had this header up enough long enough to really notice anything um i think it's only been like a week or two so 
But yeah, I definitely notice, you know, obviously I get the same type of work, whatever I post. And, you know, I, I had a really fun time doing that header. So if I get people wanting me to do cuddly animals or cuddly creatures, you know, I'm fine with that. <laughs> so until you're not fine with it, until you're bored with yeah snowboarding bears. <laughs> but I like drawing those bears. Actually, they are cool bears. They they they're quite Hanna Barbera ish. If yeah. you don't mind me saying, I do. I like that style. Yeah, I get a lot of people that compare me to the Jetsons, probably for something else that I've done on my homepage too. So, which which hey, I think I like I like doing that stuff. So, I've but never watched the Jetsons. I never I watched it a little bit, but I mean, I wasn't ever really into the Jetsons either. They said, "Now nah, we said we've got to stop. We've got to stop. We've got to edit all this out." Because we're talking about cartoons. Oh, no. Well, okay, it's only been like 10 seconds. On television. Though. Let's move on. Quickly. <laughs> I, rem- I remember, um, you know, years ago when I used to do a lot of e-commerce work. You know, we had a, we set up a business doing e-commerce software for a while. Um, bloody disaster that was. But in the in the sort of years running up to it, we did a lot of e-commerce stuff, you know, particularly back when you know, CSS was new and there weren't many people doing, you know, standards-based e-commerce work. Did a whole ton of that kind of stuff. So a lot of the portfolio was e-commerce. You know, we had some stuff for Disney on there. We had, I think we did World Wildlife Fund that year and a whole bunch of other kind of e-commerce stores. And I swear that probably, I don't know, three or four out of five inquiries was for e-commerce stuff. Right. Just because they, people would come on and go, oh, well, you know, I'm looking for a store and, you know, these, these guys can do what you know, they've done stores before. Um, and I wonder sometimes whether, <laughs> you know, whether people go, whether people, you know, if you, if somebody was wanting to sell screwdrivers and they come onto my site and they might go, oh, no, no, he can't, you know, I can't work with him. He's done no screwdrivers. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like somebody comes to my site, they don't see any aardvarks. So like, oh, he can't draw aardvarks. Have you ever drawn an aardvark? I don't think I have. But I could. I mean, I could look at pictures and figure out how to draw an aardvark. Never drawn never drawn a mod before I met you, so <laughs> aardvarks are much funnier. Actually, maybe we should do that. Maybe the next maybe the next thing will be aardvarks. Oh, that'd be fun. So uh having a filter in terms of work. Um I I genuinely believe that the stuff that you that you show is the stuff that you get. And I don't know whether or not it's a good thing to be focused in a certain area. Yeah, I suppose if you want to do e-commerce stuff all day long, which I don't, by the way, although Shopify and things like that, they make it a lot easier than it used to be. seems like to make stores really fun to design, you'd have to have a really big budget with photography and things like that. And You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're doing a clothing store or T-shirts or something like that to really... You know, otherwise you're kind of limited. Because I've seen some cool stores, online stores, but... Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think now the software makes it a lot easier than it used to be to spend time actually doing the creative side of things because it used to be such a right royal pain in the ass. <laughs> you know, shopping carts used to be my worst nightmare, whereas now, you know, shop with something like Shopify, you know, you can just plug it all together and then you can concentrate on the creative stuff. Right, yeah. If you look at... United Pixel Workers or Five Simple Steps or who's the other one? Hardgraft. They all use Shopify. You'd never tell, you know, because they all look so different on the front end. 
So Shopify is kind of a, is that kind of a CMS platform that, that's e-commerce based? Basically, yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of the type of work I would turn away. I, I haven't gotten any inquiries. Uh, maybe this is the filtering mechanism, but working, but it seems like most inquiries I get are interesting inquiries. Like there are types, types of work that I want to work in years ago, even before I was freelancing, I was, I, you know, I sometimes I would get this inquiry. This guy would email me like, do you do architectural renderings? Um, no. Do you see any architectural <laughs> renderings? <laughs> yeah. No, the site's looking great, mate. It's looking really nice. I'm having a bit of a click around. You did some good stuff. You, you. you weren't supposed to be doing this over Christmas though. I wasn't. No, no, I you're did. supposed to be taking time off. I was taking time off. I was doing my website. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, my wife was out of town for a few days for a weekend. So I just took that weekend. It was, uh, the weekend between Christmas and New Year's and I just like shut myself in the office and I worked. I worked on the website and then I watched movies and then I worked on the website. It was like, it was a really fun weekend actually. <laughs> I can't, com- I can't criticize because I, redesigned the, the site with the mods on holiday yeah. <laughs> and then came back and then you'd done the, the final copy. So, yeah, so it's fun working on your own stuff. I find, even though it's challenging, but I don't know. It's yeah. I don't think, I don't think of it as work too much. Um, yeah, I didn't either. So you mentioned price earlier on and uh-huh. filtering people out based on the fact that you know, they just for one reason or another, don't have the money that yeah, we need. that's a big thing. Yeah. We need to do a job. So, do you display prices on the website? No. 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 Um, well, a couple of reasons. One, I mean, every job's so different. It's hard to display a, a price. You know, each job is so unique. Uh, but I've also, I don't know if this is true and maybe this is a paranoia, but I've heard of like, there's an issue with like maybe industry. What do you call it? And, and, and as I'm talking about, as I'm saying it, it's probably just wacky and not even true, but industry fixing, price fixing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and maybe it's really true when, you know, two professionals get together and say, let's charge this much. Like two gas stations get together and say, let's charge this much. You know, maybe that's more kind of what I'm referring to, but I don't think we'd have to worry about price fixing, to be honest. It's not like we some kind of huge corporate monopolies yeah I, I think you're right especially since if all you do is you post it on your website and you're not really talking to anybody any of your co- other colleagues or anything then you know i think this is a topic in its own right to be honest right yeah because <laughs> <laughs> you could put you could put let's say an hourly or a weekly or a daily rate or something on there but i don't yeah, know that's, do that. that's meaningless yeah. really isn't it because how long is the thing going to take yeah, yeah. People ask me what my hourly or whatever rate is all the time. I'm like, well, do you know how long I'm going to take on it? You know? Yeah. I mean, I suppose in the past, I've said, I don't know whether people still do it, but I've seen people do packages, you know, <laughs> even for websites. <laughs> yeah. I remember, remember around here, people used to do, you know, bronze, silver and gold package websites. I've seen those, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, for the bronze one, just with five pages and a contact form, you know. As, as if you can kind of boil things down to that kind of level of simplicity. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And what's on those five pages. Yeah. Those are the most complex pages <laughs> ever. So I've seen people do prices for that, but we, we don't, we don't have a price list and we don't mention an hourly or any other rate on the site anymore. What I do do is I allude to kind of how, you know, I, in some of my about copy, which I, de- I do need to go through and massage, but 
um, this goes back to the filtering, but you know, a lot of illustrators get the, Oh, I illustrated a children's book. You know, you can illustrate it for me type inquiry. Um, but I, I put, I address that right there in my FAQs that, you know, look, it's going to cost you a lot, <laughs> you know, and I, I, I don't get inquiries about children's books <laughs> anymore. Well, we, we don't put the price on the website, but what we I do two things and maybe it's a little bit subtle. I don't know. Um, but there's a couple of things that I do on the, on the new site. I'm just looking for an example, actually. Where are we? Yeah, here we go. So, you know, the, the branding work that we did for Peru, the dating site, mm-hmm. we've actually put here, you know, on the portfolio page itself, we spent one week working on, on the Peru branding project. Um, and I think I've put it on a couple of the other projects as well, where I said, you know, we spent three weeks on this, one week doing this, one week doing something else, one week doing, you know, the next bit. Uh oh. Whoa. Oh, we got a man, dog going. It's a, it's a dog. Oh no. <laughs> We're going to leave this in, by the way. <laughs> That's my dog Frodo. You called your dog Frodo. Well, I, we didn't name him. Did he have big do... feet? Uh, no. He's a mini schnauzer. It's funny. I was on talking to Laura the other day and, uh, and her dog was clattering around as well. Oscar. Yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> is the dog cast. I don't think I listened to that one. I listened to the next one, but yeah, we just, uh, FedEx just came to the door. So. So yeah, so we put a little sort of subtle, um, time thing on it. Cause I, I also, I don't want people to think that every project takes, you know, months on end. Right. Um, you know, and when, when you look at sometimes how quickly we work, it's nice to put on there and say, you know, we did this whole website in four weeks, which, you know, I think there's a, a benefit to that. I think that could also really help when, when you're actually talking with potential clients too. You could show them those examples that you can kind of, you know, so they can kind of get an idea. So we do that. And then we also have on the contact form, there's just a little line there that says our project started around five thousand pounds. So hopefully <laughs> hopefully anybody that's made it to the contact page that's only got five hundred quid, you know, that they're gonna be hopefully dissuaded at that point. Do you get many of those inquiries? Actually, yeah, we get more than people would probably think. Yeah. I don't know whether people, you know, people that listen to this podcast think that, you know, all we ever do is, you know, big corporate expensive jobs, but no, we, we do lots of small jobs and quite often we'll get, you know, small inquiries through. And, we, you know, we, we have a, a floor that we can't go below because, you know, otherwise we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to eat. Yeah. But, you know, below that, yeah, we, we, we get a fair amount actually. So we should do another sponsor quickly. Sure. Now I know I've talked about Hammer for Mac, uh, quite a lot on the show. But that's because I really like it. And not just because they sponsored the show, right? It's actually a piece of software that I use every day. So Hammer for Mac is for people that write HTML. What does it do? Well, it speeds up your workflow. This is how it does it. Hammer compiles SAS and CoffeeScript, if you, that's your particular flavor. I have no idea what it is, but you know, it compiles <laughs> it. And I know there are plenty of other ways and other tools that compile SAS, for example, but Hammer's really just getting started. The way it works is that Hammer takes your production files, HTML, CSS, and then it compiles them into a build folder inside your project. So that means that you can keep your development files really clean by using things like HTML includes, which are a bit like PHP includes, but you know, they're in HTML. 
Hammer has clever paths built in too, so you don't have to write the full path to any image or a script or a style sheet. You just write the file name and then Hammer goes off and it finds those files automatically. And then when it compiles, it writes the full path into your HTML pages. That's great. It's amazing. That sounds interesting. Yeah. No, it's a really lo- lovely tool and I've been using it, well, since the beta and it's become a really, really important part of my workflow. So I think that if you write HTML or CSS, uh, you're making static templates, um, you're designing in code, which is what I do a lot of, then you're going to really love Hammer for Mac. There's a free trial available, but seriously, if you write HTML, just do yourself a favor, go buy yourself the full copy. You're not going to regret it. It's just £16. That's uh, $23 in the Mac App Store. And to find out more, you go to Hammer for Mac dot com slash unfinished nice i use that every cool. day yeah fired it up again this morning just to do a, uh, yesterday morning just to do a quick thing before we headed off to the spa so yeah it's an everyday thing for me hammer back to this um filtering by price and stuff sure we've got this little line about five thousand pounds on the contact form but that doesn't doesn't help if people don't ever go to that page <laughs> Right. <laughs> we've, we've done what you do, which is to have, you know, a phone number and an email address on the bottom of every page uh, or on the top in your case. Oh, you've got it on both belt, belt, belt and braces, man. <laughs> so if people just click on the thing where it says, you know, send a tweet or email and it fires up their email client, they're not going to see the bit about 5,000 pounds. We still get quite a lot of people through that just use that email address. You know, the, the sort of people that, yeah, how much for a website? <laughs> I've got one today. You know, I'm setting up a new furniture business. How much for a website? <laughs> well, there's an e-commerce right there. I've got a stock-ish reply to that kind of first email. Um, and I'll write back to somebody and I'll say, you know, thanks a lot for thinking about us. I really think that, you know, we can, you know, we can help you if it's something that I think we can help them with. Um, and I might kind of just go into a little bit more detail if they've asked some questions. And then I'll always, always, always put at the bottom, you know, whether or not they've asked about price at all, you know, because sometimes people don't. Sometimes just people, you know, can you get back to me? Right. They've not mentioned price. Even if they haven't mentioned price, I'm going to put this little line at the bottom, which says basically our project started around £5,000. If that's within your budget, then I'd love to arrange a phone call or a Skype call and, you know, we can find out more about what you're looking for. I just think it's best to qualify people right at that moment. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, because yeah. you, you don't want to get into, a, you know, even an email conversation or spend any time sending <laughs> stuff like, out. I only have $100. Yeah. I know. Do you get that kind of stuff? Do you get, um, I, mean, I wouldn't want to say tire kickers, but inappropriately budgeted people. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, there's people that'll email me and, you know, they very little information and how much is like one of their first questions. And I used to be very hesitant, um, about giving any sort of price until I really understand what they're looking for. But then, like, kind of what you just said, I just realized that I was wasting a lot of time figuring out what a lot of people were looking for and realizing there wasn't much of a budget. So I pretty much do the same thing almost you do is try to very early on, just try to say typically a project, you know, with the little information I have, um, could start at this, this much. And, you know, with something like this, I can imagine it would be about this much, you know, but let's talk more so I can give you more detailed 
um, price, but yeah, it's kind of what, how I handle those things. I don't think there's any point in shying away from the price. I mean, I don't, I, I know people aren't very comfortable talking about money a lot. Of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten a lot better at it. Yeah. I mean, I used to <laughs> definitely be one. And it's difficult in person, it particularly if you've got somebody on the phone as I had the other day. And, you know, we were having a really good conversation and it was a, you know, a local, lo- and I don't do a lot of local work to be honest, but actually I really quite fancy doing this job. And, you know, we seem to get on me and the guy. And then he said, well, you know, can you give me a ballpark figure? And I, you know, at that point, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of clamming up, you know? Yeah. Because, if if I was to turn around and say, you know, uh, well, I think that's going to be around five thousand pounds, yeah, just to use that figure, um, and he was to go, ooh, that's that, that's a bit steep, um, you know, it's it's uncomfortable, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Oh yeah. So I mean, yeah. I, I know I, I wrote about this. Did you see the the twenty four ways article that I wrote, um, before Christmas? Twenty four ways. You know, because you're not really a web geek, so you don't probably follow this stuff, but. Well, I do follow your blog. I'm just trying to think. No, I don't think I even mentioned it on the blog. Okay. Um, 24 ways it's a, like an advent calendar for web geeks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then every day throughout December, people, you know, have articles published and, uh, it's in its 10th year next year. Next year's like year 10. Huh. So it's, it's, it's good. And I was just writing about this, um, this, topic really and you know and it, a little bit about negotiations and you know one of the things that happens a lot is you know if if you if you get sort of put on the wrong foot like i did this week you know when the guy says how much because i wasn't expecting him to come right out and ask yeah um at that, not at that point anyway um you know don't feel compelled to give a price right away you know, don't feel compelled to say on the phone, well, I think this is going to be, you know, 5,000 pounds. You yeah. know, maybe sometimes it's better just to kind of just go, do you know what? I need to think about that a little bit more, but I'll come back to you. Yeah. I usually, sometimes I'll say I need to go crunch the numbers. How very American of you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is that, a, they, they, don't, they don't use those, that, that phrase. And I'm sure people. some people do. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I was moaning the other week about creeping Americanisms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw your tweet about film versus movie. Well, that. Mm, yeah, I know. I'm trying really hard not to. That's the one that I fall into, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but no, when, when people over here say, and how are you? And, and you hear them go, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> we don't, we don't say that here. We don't say that. You say, I'm very well. Thank you for asking. Yeah. <laughs> very well thank you for i think i will start saying that you should i yeah I, i've been watching a lot of british tv and you know doctor who and things like that and i think that's starting to creep into how i talk or at least think <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm starting to use films more you know i like films I just, yeah i like films. i don't think of i don't think of uh iron man as a film there was not really a lot of film went into making it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. No, we're doing it again. I know, I know. We stop. We're going to get complaints. Well, okay. So the person who complained, <laughs> did they say? Did they say they didn't want any, any banter, or any talk about movies, or just the very little? Well, 
it was in the context of nominating the show for the Net Awards. Mm. And he said something along the lines of, and I haven't got the tweet in front of me, but it was, um, I would nominate you if there was more about business and less babbling about apes and movies. <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, you gotta have some sort of, yeah. Yeah. Cut it out altogether. <laughs> yeah. So, based on, yeah, that, the other thing I'd know, which I've, I've kind of learned through bitter experience, is you can't rule people out or in based on how they approach you. And what I mean by that is sometimes you get some emails that are, you know, incredibly thorough and incredibly well presented. And, you know, they give you a whole metric ton of information. Right. Yeah. And it's not the right job. You know, it's not the right fit. And in other cases, you might get an email that says, you know, how much for a website. And, and it's, perfect, re- yeah. yeah. And it's really tempting just to think, yeah. you know, oh, that was spelt so badly or that's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, 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 this can't possibly be serious. And yet it can turn into something really, really good. And we've had this several times. There's been loads of times when I've had a, um, a really unprofessional looking email come through and it turns out to be a fabulous client. Yeah. I think I've had that experience too. Um, I mean, it, yeah. Cause like, you know, some, I don't know if you call it a filter in my head, but you know, when somebody just, you could tell it's a copy and paste email, like where they're just emailing a ton of people, you know, and they just copy a bunch of information and then send, yeah, but sometimes those will still turn out to be really good clients, you know, if you pursue them. So, yeah, that I, I do. See, I do think I filter out the cut and paste jobs. You know, when you when you see hey and then a space and then a comma, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you weren't quite in their mail merge. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I, yeah, because I don't want to compete. You know, I want people to work with us because they want to work with us and. You know, we'll figure out what the rates are and we'll figure out what the price is and, you know, all the deliverables and all the yeah, other stuff. Yeah. But we want to start off on the understanding that, you know, these two entities want to work together. And I like people to approach things in with that frame of mind. And if they've just sent, you know, the same email to 20 different companies, it doesn't seem very respectful for me because, you know, I could put in, I could put in any amount of time putting together a proposal or, right. you know, filling in a tender or something like that. And we'll have no chance of getting the job because, you know, maybe they've already made a decision or, the, and they just need three other quotes for their funding or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is what I don't tend to, I do tend to filter those. I don't tend to reply to those. If I think that it's just a cut and shunt job. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's hard to tell though. Oh yeah. No, sometimes it is yeah. hard to tell. Sometimes I, you know, I kind of, you know, I get a lot of like, oh, I really like your work, but, you know, I don't know. Like sometimes you can still tell, you know, maybe they're just, that's still part of the uh, email. You know, they just, you know, there's no, there's nothing that personalizes you or anything like that in the email. Um, the ones that like call out certain things that I've done or say where they've heard from, heard me from or something like that. Those are the ones I really take seriously. Yeah, those are the ones that get extra points. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm like, okay. I'll... Yeah. But it was funny. I don't know whether I ever told you the story, but um, 
I used to play a lot of practical jokes on people. You know, I, I used to do a lot of gags on my, <laughs> on my friends. That doesn't sound like you at all. No, and I used to um, I used to phone up and do silly voices with people just as as wind ups. Um, <laughs> and John Hicks at one point, John Hicks was the uh, was <laughs> the subject of one of my wind ups. And uh, anyway, one day I get an email um, from somebody asking for a website and something just didn't ring true about it um there was something in the way that uh, in what the person said or how it was written or something that just didn't feel right <laughs> yeah so i wrote well actually it was what what turned out to be quite a rude reply <laughs> <laughs> to this thing because i thought it was john i yeah. thought it was i thought it was a wind up and then so I sent this back, and then the next thing is the phone rings, and it's this guy. Uh-oh. And again, there was something, I hate to say this, but there was something about his voice <laughs> that I thought, <laughs> I thought it was a put-on. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was somebody putting on a silly voice. So I don't think I was as rude on the phone, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't take it seriously and I, I i was probably trying my hardest to you know not take this any further <laughs> so anyway I put the phone down and about a day later the guy phones back again and uh i thought man this is a really persistent prankster and it turns out it wasn't <laughs> and i because i actually phoned hicks and i went ah oh, you know good job you know, you really had me going. And he went, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and this actually genuinely turned into a, turned into a job. And it was really, really yeah, no, it's yeah, really funny. Huh. And back in the day, I mean, I'm not going to mention who it is, but back in the day, I'd written a chapter, um, in, uh, a book. There was lots of other people would sort of, you know, I can't remember what it's called. It's probably sitting on the shelf behind me, but I wrote a chapter in a book and I'd made up this, uh, this example site. And, um, it was a, just a, a silly, crazy, stupid business idea. Right. You know, it was, the, you know, a web app for people that worry a lot about <laughs> stuff, you know, and you could, well, basically what you could do, the idea of the stupid web app was that, you know, worrying doesn't, um, doesn't fix anything. You know, worrying about your taxes or worrying about the government doesn't actually fix anything. So instead of you worrying, why don't you just pay somebody else to worry for you? And. Makes sense. That was the, that was the stupid idea for the web, for the website. And, you know, the idea would be that, you know, you can pay $5 a month for somebody else to worry about climate change for you. And, you know, well, actually, maybe that's what happens. And then <laughs> maybe that's what, maybe, maybe that's what the Republicans do. And, ooh, bit of politics. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, at the end of the month, you get an email to say, you know, you need to start worrying about Tony Blair again. <laughs> and that was a stupid idea. Anyway, this guy had a really similar business idea. It wasn't quite about paying somebody else for worrying, but it was, and that's why I thought it was a gag. Yeah. And it wasn't, <laughs> and he turned out to be a real client. <laughs> <laughs> so did you tell him that you thought it was a gag? And you Ultimately, just, yeah. yeah you Ultimately, yeah. And in fact, to kind of bring the story full circle, um, John Hicks ended up designing the logo for it. Huh. <laughs> That's kind of interesting. Which, um, you know, which was fine. We don't work with the guy anymore. Um, but, uh, you know, 
it, it was it was a funny story. So, <laughs> and, you know, it, actually, you know, it, yeah, it turned out to be it turned out to be a good guy to work with. Yeah. I, well, I bet if he <laughs> hires you after all that, I bet he has a pretty good sense of humor. Man, he was persistent. Yeah, <laughs> that's when you know he's serious if he keeps calling you back. You know. So yeah, that's because I'm. I'm not very good at, and I suppose this is another filter, and I'm trying to get better at it, but I'm not very good at following up with people. You know, often, you know, you'll have a, an interaction, you know, whether it's on email or phone or both or whatever, and I'll send a quote out. Um, but I'm not Mr. Salesman anymore. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not, I don't have a spreadsheet where I, I keep a record of all of the people that I've done a quote for and, you know, a reminder to, to call them in, you know, Two weeks. Yeah, I don't do that either. That's um, not what I. <laughs> so everybody that we do work with tends to be persistent enough to actually, you know, want to pick up the phone twice <laughs> or send an email twice. You know. Yeah. So I suppose that works as a filter too. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of have that same filter now that I think about it. You know. They're going to really want to work with you if they're prepared to, you know, not be chased. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, it's a good topic, that. I think we can talk about this some more. Oh, yeah. Not today, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'd like to find out. I mean, maybe people that are listening have got other filters that they apply and, yeah, uh, experiences that they've had. Let us know. Let us know on, uh, on the Twitters or on the email, something like that. Yeah, definitely. We should wrap it up. Good. So people can follow you on Twitter. Josh, you're. Josh Cleland. Or you can follow me at Malarkey. And to ask us questions or suggest topics, you can message the show on Twitter at unfinishedbz. Or you can email me at hehas at unfinished.bz. Thanks again to our sponsors this week. They were Gather Content and Hammer for Mac. And you can support the show by supporting them. <laughs>